We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the Six Man Show on Orlando Magic Podcast with your hosts, Luke Sylvia and Jonathan Osborne, covering all things Magic Basketball. Five fans, four fans. Go Magic. What's going on, Orlando Magic fans? You guys are back with the Six Man Show. Today is May 29th, 2023. Jonathan Osborne here. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, Luke Sylvia, who is back live from the arcade room. Happy Memorial Day, Luke. What's going on, man? Uh, yeah, thanks. Shout out to, to Cox Communications for not coming through. I, I, with the had, Wi-Fi. I forgot that that was your internet service provider. Oh, you just thought and I was, was like, where is this going? For yeah, sure. I thought you were um, like, yo, shout out all yeah, the Yeah, just shout them out, bro. Um, <laughs> uh, no, they my, my power went out earlier, and then my internet went with it, and then power came back. Internet didn't. Was supposed to be about 8 p.m. repair, Jonathan, and then looked at the app again and it said midnight. So I was like, well, I guess we're packing up and we're going over to the old stomping grounds, my parents' house, my old room growing up, but it did not have Pac Man or NBA Jam, which it did. But, uh, but yeah, I, mean, I, I guess first, Jonathan, we can start. You said Happy Memorial Day, but just our respect to, you know, to those that have, you know, fought for our freedom and lost their life in action. Um, that's what today is all about. I think it very much can get overlooked as just a day off uh, from work, and that's very much not the case. So while you're barbecuing, doing whatever you guys do today, make sure you guys uh, at least have just a reminder of that. It's the ultimate sacrifice. So um, now, Jonathan, the other thing I want to—I concur. Just want to throw it in there, real okay? Quick. So in I case anybody, that, did... but abs, I don't want Jonathan hates America or anything like that. Don't want it to come off like that. So just, no. I 100% agree. <laughs> So what I was going to say and just segue into teams with a three zero lead in the postseason are 150 and zero. That could all change tonight. I am I am praying on their downfall Mm -hmm. like crazy amount. So I know you you were asleep for the mm. end of game six. This true. is correct, right? Very true. Because Kevin and I have, you know, are texting back and forth most of the second half, 
And you know my rule. If a team is up by more than 10 in the last five minutes, that team, like you can, you can mail it in. Like 95, upwards of a good percent, they're winning that game. I was waiting for Boston to get to 11 in the last five minutes. With like 456, I think it was 98 to 88. And I was mm-hmm. like, just get a stop and get a basket. And this game is over. And now, like, here comes Duncan Robinson. Here comes Jimmy Butler. And, like, here come the Heat. And they're coming all the way back. Now, with less than 10 seconds left, Jimmy has the ball. And you're like, okay, what is he about to do? Like, say what you would about, about Jimmy Butler, great competitor, all those kinds of things. He always seems to hit the big shot, right? But in my mind, I'm like, if, he, if you, he, you're going to take a three, you give him that. If you lose by Jimmy Butler hitting a three in your face, like he, he's not a fantastic shooter. Like you live with that, especially going to the corner off balance. Like you live with that. And then with three seconds left, Al Horford commits the foul. And I'm like, I cannot believe this is about to happen. At this point, the Celtics are only up two. He makes all three free throws. They're going to have a one point lead with three seconds left. Now, a few minutes before, we had just seen Jimmy miss a free throw. So, and Jimmy played like garbage all night long until the last few minutes was complete garbage. Like, was it was a, a zero for uh, the, the Heat, was doing other things, rebounding assists, but offensively was atrocious. So, I'm like, okay, we just saw him miss a free throw a few minutes ago. Maybe he does it again. Of course, he doesn't. Knocks down all three free throws. And at this point, I'm sitting there like, what are the odds that this team goes down three, three games to zero, wins two games, and now they're going to miraculously win game six after blowing it on like a buzzer beater? I'm like, there's no way that's going to happen. Like, life is just not that good. Like, good things don't happen to me. <laughs> good things happen to bad people. And I was like, great, the Heat are going to the freaking finals <laughs> unless Jason Tatum does something miraculous. Mm-hmm. So they run this, you know, sidelines out of bounds play. And obviously they deny Jason Tatum the thing that you want them to do. And it goes to Marcus Smart. Now, in Marcus Smart's defense, the dude was fantastic all game six for the Celtics, knocking down big basket after big basket. And I'm like, okay, on a normal night, I would hate this, but I'm like, maybe this is going to go in. And then it doesn't. And then you're like, oh, great. And then Derek White tips it in. And you're like, all right, that was awesome. There's no way he got it off in time. And then he does. And every obviously everybody is going crazy. Just one of the craziest playoff finishes that I've seen in a long time. Like, again, it was a heat game. But the last time I remember watching something that crazy live was when the heat were down, you know, five points or whatever it was, like 30 seconds left to the Spurs. LeBron hits a three, obviously misses the next three. Chris Bosch, the rebound of Ray Allen in the corner. Bang. Right. Everybody goes crazy. Like basketball is the best sport in the world. I don't care what anybody says. You don't get drama like that in any other sport. And now Boston is going back home and they have a a real chance. Like, what did you say? I think you texted earlier. They're like eight eight point favorites right now. Yeah. That'll get closer. I'm sure like probably down to like five or six by tip off, Mm, but they have like a real chance to win game seven and be the first team ever to come back from 3-0. And nothing, literally at this point in the season, nothing could be sweeter than the Heat having the biggest playoff choke of all time. Yeah. Now, I want to also talk about real quick, because I my favorite thing to do today 
was watch Heat fans who were streaming the game and also watching, thinking they won. Thinking they won. All they, the last thing they saw before they blacked out was Marcus Smart missing the three, and they thought it was over. Now, talking about Marcus Smart, as you said, plays well the entirety of the game. Any other circumstance, you're not really okay with him taking that three. But Marcus Smart owes Derek White just a huge steak dinner. Not just because he misses the three, but because when the Celtics are up by one, Marcus Smart goes to the free throw line with 16 seconds left and misses the front end of the pair of free throws. Makes the second one. The second one you don't have to worry about when most, most NBA players that are respectable shooters from the free throw line, it's that first one. They can make the first one. You feel good about them making the second one. Misses the first one. And then he misses that three at the end of the game. So I don't care how well you play the entire game. There's got to be no worse feeling than down the stretch, not making the play when you've been making plays all game. And uh, yeah, I, I just think the Marcus Smart, uh, I hope that he thanked Derek White endlessly for that tip. And Derek White never, ever, yeah, if he ever wanted to just venture in to a Boston pub, that band's never buying a drink himself ever again. It doesn't, people don't care how much money he has, especially if the Celtics are able to capitalize. I think they'll stay seven between seven and eight point favorites in this game going into it. And if they lose, we talked about it, I think, Jonathan, on the last pod. I can't remember if it was during recording or after, but there's got to be some really terrible feelings associated with being down 0-3, coming back, tying at 3-3, and then winning game seven at or losing game seven at home in a game that you were supposed to win by seven plus points. So for the sake of Celtics fans, and for the sake of those that can't stay on the heat, I really hope Boston gets it done. What I guess one of the things that's a little bit confusing to me is some people are like, why are you rooting for Boston? Like we hate Boston. Like, no, I hate the heat more than anything. Like any team that has ever existed. Like I, and some people ask me like, why do you hate Jimmy Butler? Like, well, because he plays for the heat. (laughs) Why do you hate Kyle Lowry? Like, well, that goes long before he played for the heat, but playing for the heat just is like the, the hate cherry on top of the hate Sunday for Kyle Lowry. There's some other guys on that team that like annoy me like Tyler hero or, or whatever, but like those are the two hate faces of the heat for me. So them losing would just be, would just be incredible. The only thing that I was like, all right, the consolation for me was like, all right, if Aaron Gordon can win a title, at the expense of Kyle Lowry, that would be awesome. Hilarious. And that still might happen. Yeah. You know, the Heat could very well win that game. And I think most people agree, especially after a series like this that has just been a dogfight. Whoever comes out of this has two days off, and then you're, if you're Miami, you're flying to Denver to take on the Nuggets. And if you're the Celtics, like you've got two days off at home, and then you've got Nikola Jokic coming into town and I don't think anybody wants to to deal with that. Most people are still going to favor the the Nuggets in the finals no matter who makes it, right? Yeah. Uh in the finals speaking of regardless of who's there. How many games do you think the Eastern Conference team will win against Denver? 
The Celtics, I I could see the Celtics losing in six. The Heat, I think, would get swept. Maybe that's my hate talking because I'm not even like thinking like logistically like matchups and stuff like that. Jokic would completely destroy the Heat. Like it would it would be he would be putting up historic finals numbers for a, for a big man, I think. And then you know just the the difference makers that the Nuggets have, Jamal Murray. Our good old buddy Aaron Gordon, I we we know we've seen him, you know, do a great job on, on Jimmy Butler in the past. So, uh, yeah, I I think the the Heat would get waxed, especially after the series that they've been through and how deep they're going to have to dig to to win that series. Yeah, I, I'm gonna go. I'm probably going for. Uh, I'm going to sweep if it's Miami. I don't think that's your hatred talking. I genuinely don't. I don't think it matters how much grit and determination they have uh, when it goes against Denver. If they go against Boston, I, I think Boston maybe gets a game. Denver is just I don't tough. hate that. I mean, what you saw against the Lakers was crazy. The Lakers, by all means, honestly, by all accounts, didn't play bad basketball. They just are you know lost in four games. I don't think they play bad basketball at all. Boston has been playing bad basketball un- up until, like, even last night wasn't awesome, right? Like, I think it was Chuck. that w- Chuck on TNT last night was talking about, like, this team has really high highs, but they have extremely low lows. Yeah. For a team that is this good and this talented, they should not look as bad as they look at times. Did you see what they did to turn things around or what they're contributing it to? With the three-point shooting? No, 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 no. So, like, this, the Celtics. Oh, the and, top golf thing. Yeah. yeah that's hilarious. <laughs> that Al Horford was like, everybody, get in, get in the car. We're, we're going to top golf. We're not even watching film today. That's what they did when they were down 3 0. For those that didn't hear, I, I saw a screenshot from, I think it was Kevin O'Connor, and maybe it was a Ringer article. But, uh, but yeah, that was apparently the story. They're down 3 0. They were kind of all off kilter, really lost all, really sense of purpose, it seems like, when they were down 3 0. They're like, we've never done a team activity. We've gone to the movies. We've gone to dinner. We've not ever done like an actual physical activity. They go and they do top golf. Next thing you know, they rip off three straight. So if you guys are ever feeling down, go to top golf. This is not a sponsor read, but it would be a heck of a segue. But uh, yeah, man, just that's a crazy story too. If Al Horford happens to get to the finals, they win game seven as a Gator fan, Al Horford. Brought me a couple championships in college basketball. Wouldn't hate it for him to uh, win the ring against Denver either. I have a question. Why are we acting like Joe Missoula watching the town four times a week is some kind of red flag? Have you seen the town? No. Okay, that's a red flag in my opinion. The town is a fantastic movie. Do I would I watch it four times a week? I don't know, but it's a fantastic movie. You would Jeremy Renner. Ben Affleck, John Hamm, like star-studded cast, great plot, action. It's got everything you. It's got romance. It's got humor. Fantastic movie. Did One of the best scenes of any movie. I'm sorry. Did he say this in a post-game presser? I don't remember what it was, but I've seen like five articles in the past couple of weeks come across my timeline about Joe Mazzulla watching The Town four times a week. 
and all of the memes every time they lose, like, oh, maybe you shouldn't be watching the town. Maybe you should be watching film. You know, one of the all time great scenes in cinema history, Ben Affleck, you know, these are these are tough dudes, right? These are street dudes. He goes to Jeremy Renner and they're like childhood best friends. And he tells him, look, we got to do something. I, you can never ask me what it is. We never talk about it again, but we got to go and hurt some people. And Jeremy Renner says, whose car are we taking? Like that is a dude that you know is on your side and has got your back. Just do me a favor. When we're done here tonight, watch the town and get back to me because I might watch the town tonight. It's a fantastic movie. I don't know why it's getting this weird hate. For I mean, um, I'm uh, not watching it tonight. But wait, did that interaction happen in real life or in the movie? In the movie, it happened in uh, the movie. You're using actor yeah. names, so I just was, you know. Well, Ben Affleck's yeah. character goes to Jeremy Renner's character. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, just right. great movie. Mm. All right, I think that's enough talk about the town. But I'm really looking forward to to Memorial Day night watching the the Heat potentially blow it all against the. I can't believe I just said it like that. Um, just losing to the Celtics. All right, this week or this episode, rather, uh, we're going to talk about. What do our perfect off seasons look like for the Orlando Magic? So obviously the first thing that is coming up is going to be the NBA draft, you know, followed, you know, by free agency and then, you know, so on and so forth into training camp and everything like that. But before we get to that, uh, we have to give a very special shout out to the folks that help financially support the show and really help every episode happen. So, uh, first of all, uh, you can find us at patreon.com slash the six man show. We shout out our brand new patrons every episode that we have them. This week, we have a new patron uh, who actually is back in the Patreon. Our boy Ryan from Samford joined at the all star level. Great to see that guy back in the Discord. Has been a supporter for a super long time. So it's great to have him back. And then every episode, we shout out all of our Hall of Fame and Elite Tier patrons which we'll go ahead and start now. We'll start with the Court Cousins, Drew Gooden, Armin, Carson Tulo, Normal, Magic Player History, Gabe Gaines, Wiffle, Michael Martin, Jamel Miller, Michael Salapong, The Distract, a Donkey Punch Dave, Paolo and Franz's Warmth, Pierre A, Nostalgia and M&Ms, Dylan Holden, Mr. Mikey, Eduardo Sanchez, Drum, Danimal, Dodo 15, Bobby Skinner, Goatee 93, Teddy Sylvia, Eric Lopez, Fuchsia, Juan Gerardo, Bill Fulton, Edmund Lagone, Jose Squealin, Destined for Greatness, Caleb Pete, Cannibalism, Time Mr. TV, Joe Rothfuss, ESPN Really Sucks, Gear 95 Shred, Junior Bruce, Half Freakin', Shahin 177, Bulby the Don, Himlo, Ban Himro, Arm Prof 221, Rapistrana, Magic Kid 714, Spank Two Hearts Off, Taco Jesse, Johnny B, Fuego Nando, Victor Cologne, Fanimal 72, Irish Magic Mike, Austin Lampy, Random Hustle, Austin Opal, only Franz, Maria, Keith Wallace, and our boy Fritz. A big shout out to all of our patrons. Again, you can find us at patreon.com slash the six man show. Was Paolo and Franz's warmth, was that on there last week? It was. Man, it just never gets old. I'm sure I reacted last week, but I just got to react again. That was great. I let out an I'm pretty sure laugh, but I was I've muted. Said, like, I'm pretty sure last week I said, like, Paolo and Franz's warmth pause. I think mm-hmm. the time before that I said, Paolo and Franz's warmth AO mm-hmm. and I almost I almost reacted again but I was like you know what I'm just going to power through it this time I made I, I made that bet and now I have to lie in it yeah this is That's right no one's you fault did. but my own I just kind of have to you know 
take that one on the chin, so to speak. So, wow. Yeah. All right. So the NBA draft, and we didn't talk about this at the beginning of the show. I can't believe we didn't mention it. The NBA draft, which is coming up on June 22nd. It is a Thursday. The Orlando Magic are throwing a watch party at Amway that night. Free to get in. You just have to go to orlandomagic.com or in the Orlando Magic app and reserve your tickets. So be sure to do that. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. But talking about, Luke, what is going to be our perfect offseason, it really starts with the draft. That's the, the next time that the Magic can make any type of move. So let's start there. Um, how do you want to do this? Do we want to go like draft and then we'll go into free agency? Or do you just want to like, all right, this is what my perfect summer looks like and we'll, we'll go from there? Let's, yeah, let's uh, just go a little one at a time action. How about you go first? Just tell me what uh you know from draft to free agency you can include you know any type of options or whatever you want the magic to do um but the big ones are going to be draft and and free agency i think all right i've got to go back to my twitter feed here because we posted a few days ago just kind of what are some of the scenarios that I'm, i'm working through in my mind so ideally in this draft i would love to walk away with Cam Whitmore at six, I just love you know his size, athleticism. I love his upside. I love the spirit in which he plays the game. I love his you know defensive versatility. I think he could be really valuable on that end. And then Grady Dick at eleven, you know another guy who I like the upside and I like some of the other things that he does besides the shooting, some of the passing, you know the the hustle plays like the offensive rebounding can defend a little bit. I think if you come away from the draft with Cam Whitmore and Grady Dick, 6 and 11, I think that's an absolute freaking home run. I think even if you end up having to trade up, I'm pulling up the the draft order right now to to remind myself of of the teams that are in front of us. Like if I'm looking at Utah or I'm looking at Dallas, Gary Harris is a guy that we've talked about a lot, played really really well for the Magic last year, but in terms of being a veteran and kind of fitting the timeline of this team, I don't want I don't want to say we're getting into like Evan Fournier or, or Terrence Ross territory where it's like every time we talk about this guy, we're talking about them being traded at the deadline. But in my opinion, Gary Harris is going to be going into, you know, he's going to be an expiring after this year. I don't see him being here long term. 
especially you know if the draft goes the way that I want it to, the way that we just talked about. So you're going to have to move Gary Harris at some point, whether that's the trade deadline or potentially draft night. The Dallas Mavericks, again, the Magic are sitting at 11. The Dallas Mavericks are sitting there at 10. And it's no secret that the Dallas Mavericks are looking to get closer to contention and looking to improve their roster to you know, improve basically overnight. You know, Luka Doncic, Kyrie Irving, if they're able to re-sign him, like you need good veteran talent on that team. And I could see Dallas saying, you know what, we're at 10. We'll move back if you're willing to, to give us 11 and Gary Harris. Now, depends on his value around the league. My guess is you could get more for Gary Harris than just moving up from 11 to 10. If you're looking to, to package your pick to move up, you could definitely do better than that just to move up a spot. But if they're bent on bringing in multiple wings or multiple guards and you want to develop those guys in any kind of real way, Gary Harris is a roadblock in, in that example. Like if we're talking about Cam Whitmore and Grady Dick, to develop those guys, you're going to have to take away minutes from Gary Harris. I'm not even convinced that this is a, a great idea, but if you are dead set on drafting Grady Dick, I don't see him being there at 11. Now, going back to what I said on Twitter, this is kind of how I'm feeling at six. These are the guys that I'm good with drafting. Cam Whitmore, Grady Dick, Jarris Walker, Asar Thompson, and Taylor Hendricks. Now, based off of what we do at six, I think there's a few different ways that you can go at 11. If you don't draft a shooter at six, if you go more of, let's say, Asar Thompson or Jairus Walker, who is a guy who can grow into a shooter but isn't really there quite yet, or if they go really crazy and they go like Anthony Black, which I'm really hoping they don't at six. I think uh, just the value is not there for Anthony Black at six. If we don't take shooting, you have to take Grady Dick if he's there at 11, which I, I think is not likely. And if not, a guy that a lot of people in the Magic community have been talking about, someone that we talked to Keandre about, Jordan Hawkins out of UConn. The more film that I watch on this kid, like shooter, 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 shooter. Jordan Hawkins would be a fantastic pick for the Magic at six if they haven't already improved the shooting on the team. And if they do take shooting at six, Again, I'm still good with Grady Dick if he's there. I'm still good with Jordan Hawkins being there. Uh, Derek Lively is a guy who is kind of rising up uh, draft boards, the center out of Duke. Uh, and then a guy like Keontae George. If you're looking to take another swing on upside with a guy like Keontae George at 11, I wouldn't love it as much as some of those other picks, but I would understand that. But again, this pod is really for like our dream scenario. For me, it's Cam Whitmore at six, Grady Dick at 11 at the draft. Okay. Um, I, I'm i going to kind of ride with what I've been saying, which is I I want the Magic to make one, like one first-round pick this year. So at six, whether that's Taylor Hendricks or Whitmore, I'm, I'm good. With either the even obviously uh, Osar Thompson, I've seen a lot of him lately, a lot like w way more than I felt like I was seeing prior to the lottery. I'm seeing a lot of him, so I wouldn't mind it just for the pure athleticism and um, raw talent that seems to be there. But uh, my heart really wants shooters. I've made it 
no secret. We've talked about it, but I've got an interesting one of, of, as I was kind of looking at top three point shooters in the league, things like that. How can we acquire outside of the draft more three point shooters? I think it'll be a difficult pitch, but I think you can overpay in free agency for a Seth Curry. We're jumping to free agency already. What is happening? Well, I said I wanted to do the draft so we can do you. You did the draft. I'll do draft free agency. Then you give your free agency. All right. All right. Because you said your piece on the draft. And I, I think that like where you're coming from is where a lot of magic fans are, which is, I think there's a lot of ways you can go. And I don't know that I'll be particularly upset because you've already got your guys anyway on this team. You're wanting to just get pieces around it that can blossom or right away complement the pieces you've already got. That being said, free agency, Seth Curry would be awesome. On draft night, though, could you use, I don't know that the 11th pick even needs to get involved for this trade. I don't know what the market's like for this guy, but if I'm just talking shooters in a situation that seemingly has gone south, the Memphis Grizzlies is where I look. Jonathan, who is in Memphis? If you say Desmond Bain, I'm going to end this podcast right now. No, no, it's better than that. I promise. Are you talking about Luke Kennard? Oh, I'm talking about (laughs) Luke Kennard. I don't care. The dream is still alive, folks. I Listen, listen. I if you I don't know what it looks like because the last time he was involved in a trade it was a three team deal. Um, Danny Green was involved in that trade, going to Houston or whatever it was, and three second round picks went to L.A. I don't know what it looks like, but if you can bring in Luke Kennard at the shooting guard position, and you talk about someone Gary maybe not fitting timeline or whatever in the long run, he's what twenty eight. Luke Kennard is 26. He, uh, if you're looking at Luke Kennard in his contract, he's getting 14 a year right now. He's getting 14 a year. Next off season, he has in the 24. Sorry, so in the 24-25. So in what two off seasons is when he has a club option, and in, uh, in the summer of 25, he's an unrestricted free agent. I think if you made a deal for Luke Kennard. You could convince him by 20, summer 25 to come back on board. I think he sees enough progress with the team. There's not as many team scandals happening. Uh, and uh, he, he'll he be willing to stick around. That's all. That's all I'm saying. So I genuinely, if you can add one of Seth Curry, you can trade for a Luke Kennard. Obviously, those are pretty long shot, but the Magic have the assets to make kind of whatever happened with guys in that tier, in my opinion. So we'll see as long as they're willing to be in Orlando. But I wonder, is the is the word around Orlando positive enough this time around? And, and you know, in contrast to past summers where the team is together, the, you know, this isn't a very common thing with team chemistry, like players might be talking about it or be, you know, they might hit up players on the magic, ask them about it. Hey, is this for real? Who knows? But that's kind of a dream, but realistic offseason for me. We're not going to go out there and trade for a superstar, sign one, nor in my opinion, like maybe this year, definitely more than last year. But realistically, I think that you could be looking at something like this. If John and Jeff are prioritizing shooting, I just don't know if they will to that degree. 
I am not in favor of like waiting until free agency to address shooting because I feel like if you have to address address it draft night, either by draft or by trade. I feel like once you get to free agency, like if you didn't do a good job adding shooting to this roster, like then you've got a gun to your head at free agency and you're going to be at the mercy of whoever is out there whether that you'll know, be a, a Seth Curry. I wasn't even really thinking about guards, you know, in, in terms of free agency. But let me go ahead and pull up the old uh, spa track here in terms of free agent. Uh, you got uh, Jordan Clarkson's going to be out there. Josh Hart, everybody has the, the pipe dream of Austin Reeves. I just really don't see that happening. You've got uh, Gary Trent Jr. That's going to be out there. Alex Burks could probably help you add some shooting. Max Struess, although... He's probably going to stay in Miami. Seth Curry is there, obviously. And then after that, you know, in my opinion, it, it, it dries up pretty quickly in terms of the, the shooting guard uh, free agency market this summer. So I don't love that pool of talent there. If it's, if it's June 23rd and you haven't added a potentially some of that projects as like an elite shooter in the future, or somebody who's going to be at least league average and can you know grow into that over time. Like if if you draft like Sar Thompson and and Casein Wallace, I'm going to be pretty upset. Like Casein Wallace probably projects as a, a little bit better of a three point shooter than like Anthony Black, so to speak. But like the Magic need to come away with Taylor Hendricks, Grady Dick, or Jordan Hawkins in this draft for me. Like. If it's at six, if it's at, if it's at eleven, I don't love Hawkins at eleven. I, I mean, or six. I feel like that would be crazy, but like you have to address it that night because when we get into free agency, I'm really going to be looking to add a, a, a veteran center behind Wendell Carter Jr. And I think that's where I'll take the conversation now. So Wendell Carter, as we know, you can kind of pencil him in to miss you know twenty twenty five games a year potentially. Last year, your backup center was really Moritz Wagner, which not nothing against Mo, but he is this kind of like combo big. He's not really a four. He's not really a five. He can exploit that in certain matchups, but most of the time you're missing something defensively there from your backup five. So looking at the, the backup fives that are, are, or really just the fives in general that are going to be on the market this year, a lot of people have talked about Brooke Lopez. With the Bucks still in contention, I would be super surprised to see him going anywhere. Now, this is where my dream summer comes into play. Nikola Vucevic is a free agent. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. We've seen the rumors on Twitter. All right. It's not going to happen. But there is a chance. There is a very small, minute chance that Nikola Vucevic would sign to be a backup at this point in his career still make a lot of money somewhere could still start for a lot of really good teams but that is my absolute dream scenario Nikola Vucevic now in the spirit of trying to keep this realistic I'll start to go down the list a little bit Jakob Pertl I, I would be really surprised if the way that he played for Toronto after being traded last year if they were to uh, let him walk in in any regard I still think he's also a starting center in the league I don't see him signing here for backup money Christian Wood is going to be a, a big pass for me. Now, this is where it gets interesting. When we look at Mason Plumley or Nas Reed, those would really be the guys that are like at the top of my list 
or even a guy like maybe like a Thomas Bryant. Um, he would probably be just below Mason Plumley and Nas Reed. Then you're looking at like Dwight Powell. Andre Drummond does not get me excited whatsoever. Uh, but again, after those guys, that's really where the backup uh, five market is going to drop off pretty quickly this summer. But uh, a Mason Plumley, Nas Reed, Thomas Bryant, I would love any of those guys to be our backup five. And then it comes to the point of like taking care of your own. You would pick up you know, Gary Harris's option for next year, which I believe the deadline for that I have it in front of me here is going to be June 30th. So going through some of the deadlines of the Magic have a club option or a team option on Admiral Schofield next year for $2 million. The deadline for that is 629. I believe I, I would assume the Magic are going to decline that. Uh, same thing for Michael Carter Williams. I'd be surprised if they picked up his option. Uh, Bull Bull, his uh, his contract becomes guaranteed on June 30th. Uh, the Magic have until uh, June 30th to extend Cole Anthony's 2024-2025 qualifying offer. Markel Fultz, uh, Gary Harris, their contracts for next year both become guaranteed on June 30th again. So Bull Bull, I don't see them waiving him to save $2 million. But Cole Anthony and Markel Fultz is, is really, to me, where the conversation should go next and re-signing those guys. I think that should really be the Magic's priority, even before free agency, should be to get some kind of extension signed with Markel Fultz and, and with Cole Anthony. I believe they can't sign those extensions until after the moratorium. They can start discussing those July 1st, just like everybody else. So Luke, that's kind of what I want to get your feeling about. And then I guess we can talk about what we feel like is fair value for those guys. Yeah, I, listen, with Markel Fultz, he, if if nothing happens, he's an unrestricted free agent uh, next summer, which is terrifying. I don't yeah, want to me him, that should be priority number one. I don't want him to get any taste of what teams are willing to give him, shop in the market. In no world do you allow Markel Fultz to even test the waters. It just shouldn't happen. You've got to get something done for him. I don't know what number I'm comfortable with. I really don't, but I'll, I'll do a lot of things, I think. Do you want some help there? Yeah, what are you willing? What's the number? Because right now, right, what, so, he's getting like 16.5. Yeah, so he's right around you know, 16.5, 17000000 million, somewhere in there. So... Where I'm comfortable at would be like a four-year, $80 million extension. He would come in at an uh, annual value of... Uh, no, I'm sorry. I, I'm not even four years, 80. I'm willing to go four years, $100 million, Put him at $25 million. So with the next collective bargaining agreement, there's going to be cap smoothing over the next few years, meaning the cap can only jump 10% each year over the next few years. I forget if it's four years, five years, six years. I forget how many years. But if you remember in the last collective bargaining agreement that summer, what was it, 2016, where just all of a sudden everybody was getting crazy bags. You know, Bismack Biombo is getting $18 million a year. Evan Fournier is getting $18 million a year, five years with the fifth year player option. Like everybody was getting crazy, crazy, crazy bags. So to stop that from happening again, they're going to be implementing this cap smoothing again, which 
the cap can only raise by 10% each year over the next several years. So with the cap going up, you know, over the next few years, now is the time to get those deals done at what would now be fair value, which three to four years from now is really going to look like a great deal. So the reason that I say $25 million, let's talk about the guys that are sort of in that range. So let me start with Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart makes $19 million a year. Uh, he signed that contract uh, last summer, so before this season started. Lonzo Ball is making $20 million a year. He signed that the summer of 21. Fred Van Vliet is making $21 million. He signed that in the summer of 2020. Kyle Lowry signed a contract in the summer of 2021, making $28 million a year. Uh, Terry Rozier in 2022 signed a contract for $24 million a year. And then everyone knows last summer, Jalen Brunson, who might now be one of the most underpaid players in the NBA, signed a, a deal last year for $26 million a year. So when we look at Terry Rozier, Kyle Lowry, Fred Van Vliet, Lonzo Ball, Marcus Smart, some of those guys that are in that area kind of similarly, um, I'm totally okay with paying Markel Fultz $25 million a year. Yeah. I I don't have any issue with it. Uh, like I said, I would do a lot of things to get Markel Fultz back on this team. And you think about what he's going to be able to do the ne this next year with the improvement we saw in the last bit of the year with things like his shooting from the perimeter. That's the biggest thing for me, for him, obviously. But if he is able to you know, channel that, then next year is only going to trend upwards the entire year. So, like I said, I don't want him to get a sniff of the market. Um, so, yeah, I'm on board. $25 million, pay the man. Uh, he deserves it. He's uh, had a long, long road. And uh, so I think that just what he's been able to do has been super impressive. And then next year, the Magic will be even better. He'll be even better as a part of it, and that'll be a big reason the Magic are better. Uh, I, I think that you've got you've to just pay him a reasonable amount, but maybe even a little more. The best thing about this, though, is like I'm good with paying $25 million, you know, average annual value. If it comes out to four years, $100 million, I'll be like, it's a lot of money, but I'm fine with it. I don't think he'll get that. Like John and Jeff have been shown to be like pretty shrewd negotiators. And the way that they've taken care of him, like with the injuries and, and everything like that, I have a gut feeling it comes closer to like 22 or 23 million. I don't, I don't have anything to go off of with that. That's just kind of my gut feeling and like looking at some of those other things. And I, I feel like, like 25 should be the starting number for Markel. And then it's up to John and Jeff to negotiate to get like closer to the range that we're talking about, like 22, $23 million. And I can't wait because I, I can see it now when Woj tweets out that the, the Magic have agreed to a you know four-year extension with Markel Fultz for you know $95 million or $100 million or whatever it is, people are going to be saying, wow, overpay, bust, blah, blah, blah. And the next season when, when we're in the playoffs and Markel Fultz is doing Markel Fultz things in the clutch in a playoff series, people are going to be like, oh, wow, Markel Fultz is actually nice and the bust title should be all good all but gone next season, in my opinion, with Markel. Next guy, Cole Anthony. So this is a guy who I've kind of gone back and forth with, not on the player, but just like the decision that needs to be made this summer. Do you sign him to an extension now, or do you let him hit 
restricted free agency next year. I don't have hit what his qualifying offer would be. I don't have that in front of me right now. Seven but to me, Cole Anthony. Seven. There you go. Seven point seven million dollars for the qualifying offer. Now, if he accepts the qualifying offer, he plays one year on that, and then he's an unrestricted free agent. Cole Anthony right now in the open market is worth definitely more than seven million dollars, and is a kid that is super confident and should be, and definitely is the type of kid that I would bet is willing to bet on himself. If the Magic come to him and, and lowball him, he'll just sign the qualifying offer, play out you know the the next couple of years here, and then he'll be an unrestricted free agent and he can do whatever he wants. At this point, the, the Magic are still in like asset management mode. And when you talk about upgrading the roster, potentially our good buddy Philip Rossman-Reich over uh, at Locked On Magic talks about this all the time. If you don't listen to him, you should be. That when it comes time to trade for a superstar, the Magic are going to need money to be able to do so. So the, the, the more contracts that you have on hand and some of the bigger contracts that you have on hand will allow you to facilitate, facilitate those types of moves without having to give up so much. Like Even if we wanted to trade for a guy like, let's say, Luka Doncic, right? You might have the talent that it, it makes to make that deal happen, but you could end up giving up more than is even fair to make the money work. So that that's thinking a few years in the future from now. But Cole Anthony had a had a fantastic year. You know, the last 40 games was phenomenal. If I was a betting man, I would bet that we're going to see more of that Cole Anthony than we did, you know, the the first two and a half seasons of his career, mostly because now he's in the perfect role as a six man and really embrace that to his credit. So again, the, just going through kind of point guard evaluations as we go through some of these other deals that have been signed in recent years, like looking at a guy like Devontae Graham signed a, almost a $12 million deal in 2021. Markel Fultz, 16 a year in 2021. Spencer Dinwiddie, 18 a year. He signed that in 2021. Kevin Porter Jr. Uh, last year signed a, a 15, uh, almost a $16 million deal. DeJounte Murray signed a $16 million deal in 2020. Mike Conley in 2021 signed a $22 million deal. So with Cole Anthony, I'm hoping they come somewhere in the range of like $16, $7 million yeah. a year. I think that would be best. Mm -hmm. But this is another guy who you know, I, I wouldn't blame him if he feels like he's worth $20 million a year. Yeah. That being I, said, I don't think the Magic do $20 million a year. Right. I mean, it all goes back to what we've seen, what the track record is for John and Jeff they're not going to be doing more than necessary for, for these guys. I think that a big part of it truthfully is going to be the environment, the culture and the chemistry this team has. I think these guys are willing to, to take a little bit less to be a part, to stay on this team. And I think that it's really cool that we're at this point and we're at the crossroads of, you know, where the magic are a desirable franchise to, to be a part of we're getting there and nobody knows it like the guys that are already in the locker room there's a reason that gary harris came back right we didn't think gary harris was going to come back i didn't think gary was going to come back and he comes back and basically attributes it to just the culture that has been already quickly built by jamal mosley and his staff in this team so i could see absolutely that that john and jeff are able to get these lower number deals out there even when they 
could and nobody would fault them for paying more. But I think that these guys are willing to make it work. I am not shocked. I would not be shocked if John and Jeff and part of their pitch when they sit down and when they're talking with the agent and whatever is here's our plan. Here's where you fit in. Essentially, yes or no. Right. Like, here's what we need to pay you in order to have the shot at uh, adding one more huge piece in a couple of seasons, couple off seasons, whatever it might be. Right. Like these guys are at the end of the day, they are trying to make a living, do their thing. But they're not sacrificing much by taking a million, two million dollar, you know, deal like these guys are good. You know, at the end of the day, these numbers are really just a respect thing. Like, oh, you're not about to sign me for X amount of dollars. Like, that's disrespectful. It's a respect thing. These guys are well off, right? But if they already feel respected by this front office, nothing comes across disrespectful to them. And it shouldn't based on what we've heard and how this front office handles their players. So I, I'll be interested when, before you kind of went into, you know, what players on the market have gotten in the last few years, number in my head for Cole, after talking about Markel and hearing those numbers, number in my head for Cole for this next contract is 16. 16 and really up to 18, 19, 20, I'm comfortable with, I think. It is a little scary given what we, you know, what we saw versus what came of Cole Anthony. It, it it is slightly scary for me, but you know, if it doesn't work out after, you know, whatever, three, four years, four years on that deal, then, you know, you cut ties and you move on. But we're hopeful that Cole can be a key contributor and eventually be a six man of the year candidate. I think he can be, and we'll, we'll see where he falls. But yeah, I'd say 16 to 20 is really the highest I'd like to go. Like you had said, like you wouldn't be surprised if that's what we thought. But I really would like to stay in the 16 to 18 range with him. This should probably go without saying, but I'm going to say it anyways. What happens in free agency, particularly with Cole, is going to tell us everything that we need to know about how the front office feels about Cole. Right? Like if, if they're not able to come to some type of agreement this summer, it means they're pretty far off. And if it ends up being like a 13, $14 million deal, like, okay, maybe they don't buy into the last 40 games of last season as much as maybe I do. And I think they will because he was fantastic. I, I really don't see what the reason for that would be. Now, the thing that they are going to use to their advantage in negotiations, and especially with Markel is what I think is going to drive the price down a little bit, is the amount of games that these guys have played. So Markel, since being traded you know, to the Magic sat out, you know, the rest of the 18, 19 season, but in 1920 played 72 games, but 2020, 2021, only eight games before the ACL, uh, last season, only 18 games coming back from the ACL. And then this season after missing, you know, the first 22 games or whatever, 20 something games with the broken toe, he only played 60 games. Cole Anthony. Now, you know, the first year was, you know, kind of shortened by COVID, only played 47 games. I think teams ended up playing, what was it? Cl- probably close to that before the, 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 the league really got shut down. And I can pull that up for sure in a second here. Uh, but then last season, 65 games, dealt with a, a ton of injuries last year. And then this season, only played 60 games, you know, missed a, a lot with the, uh, you know, a- abdominal tear that he had. Going back to that 2021, that 2020, 2021 season. So 
Yeah, I'm trying to see here. Was that not the COVID? No, he got, you know, he was the year after COVID. I, I completely forgot about that. He was in the COVID draft. So yeah, even even that season, you know, only plays 47 games, you know, miss a, a lot of games. I think there were different ankle injuries. Was it his rookie year? I, I don't remember off the top of my head right now, but yeah, last you know few seasons, you know, Cole isn't playing more than, you know, 60 games. Markel, you know, most of his career hasn't played many games, had the 72 game season in, in 19 and, and 20, and then 60 games this year. So I think the Magic have that working to their advantage, and I think we'll probably see that reflected in negotiations. Yeah. What are your thoughts on on like the the backup fives? Like any of those names that I talked about, do those intrigue you? Like I mean, Mason obviously. Plumley, Nas Reed. Right. Yeah. No. I. Yes. I, I think that absolutely. Like you, I, the things that I missed last year. Um, was definitely just a guy that's going to come in and kind of give you similar things that Wendell gives you, maybe minus the three point shot. Um, so yeah, I, I would say I would say that I would definitely be interested in a Plumley for sure. Um, obviously Jakob Pertl, but unfortunately, yeah, that's, that ain't happening. I think everybody is is interested in a Jakob Pertl. So, um, yeah, no, I I, I agree with the sentiment on it i think that maybe you are bigger than me on getting a backup five just because i don't know that this front office is one to put all the pieces together right now uh, i would hope that they will be going that direction but i, I don't know that it all happens and it kind of all comes together where this offseason you add your shooters you add your solid backup five like that nas reed and and Plumley would be a very very solid backup five for this team and give us what we need but i i just i don't know i i'm I'm prioritizing shooting and if mo wagner is the guy we roll with then that's fine but we'll see if and when that gets taken care of you know there's been obviously a ton of talk about playoffs 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 and and for some reason there's people that think oh just because like you're drafting you know two rookies means that you're i mean maybe you're not just like selling out for the playoffs i don't think they should be selling out just to make the playoffs at this point you know i don't think drafting two rookies and making the playoffs are mutually exclusive i think if you if you draft guys that can make like contributions from day one like hello a lot of the guys at the top of this freaking draft like cam whitmore asar thompson uh jarris walker taylor hendricks grady dick to me those are all guys who will be contributing from day one. Like this isn't drafting, and no offense to my guy, I love this guy very much. This isn't drafting Caleb Houston, who was, by by the way, the youngest player in last year's draft. Like this isn't the same thing. Or, or if you're drafting, you know, uh, Asar Thompson and, and then you, you draft Jordan Hawkins. Like Jordan Hawkins played you know, two years at UConn, was a national champion, you know, a national champion, and quite potentially the best movement shooter in this draft. Like if if you draft two guys, I, I don't think that just means the Magic are, are throwing this year away. I I understand why people don't want to draft two rookies. I I totally get the concerns there, but me like for what this team still needs, I'm worth ro- rolling the dice a little bit more on the upside than just saying, hey, like we're mostly good. Let's just add a little bit of shooting. But they could take the 11th pick, package that with whatever, and go and get a big. If you don't do it in free agency, to me, that needs to be the move. If you're not going to use 11, if you're going to trade that, 
either you already drafted Jarris Walker or Taylor, Hen- Taylor Hendricks, who you think is going to be a backup big, and now you're trading for shooting, or you drafted shooting and now you're trading for a backup big. Like to me, those are shooting is definitely the top priority, but I don't think people are paying enough attention to like the backup big being a priority for the Magic because I love Mo Wagner. I just don't think that should be your backup big for 82 games. Like the 15 to 20 games that Wendell is probably going to miss, you need a guy that's going to be able to slide in and start there. And then in that instance, Mo Wagner is fine as like your third big, but I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. The light bulb went off. I know who it is. If it is not a Nas Reed or Plumlee, I got a guy that fits the Nikola Vucevic. I agree. Unbelievable. (laughs) I have a guy that uh, that fits the timeline. And he's not incredible, but that's why he's a backup big. I don't mind because I, I, for whatever reason, I watched some of this guy this year. I don't know why, to be honest, but I did catch him a few times playing for Portland. I'm talking about Drew Eubanks. I wouldn't hate that. He, I don't think seven. he's that much better than Mo Wagner, but I, I don't hate but he that. Gets, so what? When I'm looking at just like a side by side comparison in terms of just statistics, Drew Eubanks, uh, last year, had 1.3 blocks a game. Mo Wagner, like 0.2 for reference, by the way. So very much better at the rim. It would go to show as far as being a rim protector. So you have him in and he's able to do that. He's coming off of basically a $2 million a deal uh, a year deal with, with Portland. He's an unrestricted free agent. He played 20 minutes a game. He had six and a half points, uh, five and a half rebounds, 1.3 blocks, uh, shot 64% from the field. Low volume, high percentage, what you would want a guy that is going to stay in his lane uh, in that regard over an assist a game. I, I think that this could be a guy that I, I wouldn't mind in available 78 games out of the year he played. I wouldn't hate it, but I wouldn't be like fired up about it. Of course. Like, but eh, then, eh, listen, that's a, that's fine. I, I'm not ever probably going to I've accepted I'm probably not going to be fired up about the backup big regardless of my opinion if our backup big is mason Plumley or nas reed i'll be a little bit fired up about that that's fine if and it's it, nikola nikola vucevic i'll be very fired up about that we know yeah yeah, yeah absolutely yeah. And, and also to note drew eubanks is 25 so able to grow like he as far as it goes with him he came into the league in 2018 he's played for the spurs so he played for a good organization then he goes to portland um but yeah, so in 21-22, he played 71 games. In 22-23, he played 78. I remember he him bailed. giving Mo Bamba problems in Summer yep. League in the Earthquake game. <laughs> yeah, Mo well, looked good in that game, too. Yeah, but Drew Eubanks. And then it got ended problems. by an earthquake. Bring bring him on. Um, yeah, so I think that's another guy that you could, like, as a realistic option. I think he's definitely there if, if John and Jeff are like, hey, we want to bring back somebody not named Mo Wagner to fill that second spot off the bench, essentially for center. I think Drew Eubanks could do that. They need they need to keep Mo Wagner though. I don't want I want option. Mo on this team. Yeah, keep him as the the third option and just awesome locker room guy and best friend and, and brother to you know our second best player. So right. you got to do that. So yeah, Luke, I think that's the dream summer. Unless like you know we're gonna trade. Admiral Schofield for Luka Doncic somehow, which, you know, isn't likely, unfortunately. 
But this kind of speaks to like some people might be thinking like, oh, why didn't why in your dream scenario aren't we trading for like Dame or like opening up cap space and, and signing some like big name free agent? Just be patient. I I don't think it's the time for that. No. We you talked about guys. it with Kobe. We'll figure it out. You got your guys. We talked about it with Kobe that like success isn't linear. And we've talked about this for weeks now. And somehow every time we do, we get crap about it in the YouTube comments saying how like, oh, this team isn't gonna like wait around and so on and so forth. It's like, bro, just take breathe, first of all. You're that mad gonna, on YouTube at eight o'clock in the morning, like <laughs> maybe you should be on Indeed and not YouTube because you're mad at sheesh. your job. So uh, we're listen, they're going to be fine. Is that too and hot I, of a take? No, uh, no, you're not wrong. It's just it's going to hurt some feelings and that's OK. But yeah, you're you're going to give it like where else are you going to go? You've been a magic fan this long. You're not leaving. Your leash is long with this front office. You're not leaving. You're not leaving. You know, you're not. How sad of an existence is this? You're you're not leaving. Just like Jonathan and I and Kevin are not leaving. You know what they what do he say? We're not effing leaving. I'm not, We're effing not freaking leaving. leaving. Yeah. We're not. So, you know, buckle up, get on board. You're not gonna win a championship next year. Maybe in a few years. And we're getting one by twenty thirty. But just stick around. Just just take a deep breath. Stick around and and watch us draft our future, more of our future. Sign some of our future. That's going to be a fun year. Summer League is going to be a lot of fun, in my opinion, especially if you take your two guys in the first round. Summer League will be fun, regardless. But that will be a lot of fun. And then preseason, man, we're just, we're so close. We're so, so far. We're so far. I don't know about you, Luke, but everyone in my personal life wants us to draft Grady Dick. Of course they do. And if I see one more person on Twitter just tweet, I want Dick, like, relax, guys. Hey, at listen. Le- at least have the dignity to use the first name. Listen, I all right. There's gonna be. I think you and your little like what you laid out for the possibilities on draft night. You use Dick, not Grady. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, but I'm not out here just saying I want blank. Yeah, but I'm just yeah, saying, and I was going by everybody's like last names, the first name and last name. I'm trying to I'm trying to normalize saying the kid's last name without it being the craziest thing that anyone's ever said. Good luck. Like people shouldn't be like, oh my gosh, y'all heard what David Steele said? Oh my goodness. Like that's the kid's last name. Yeah. And he, he wears it proudly, as he should. But <laughs> listen, man. He he seems like a fantastic kid. He seems hilarious. Obviously, very confident in himself, which he should be. At some point, even he's gotta be tired of hearing the jokes. I tried to look up think. something. I looked up on YouTube, like Grady Dick talking about his last name. Nobody's asking him about it, I don't think. I'm not seeing it. Yeah, and we're not going to be the ones to break that trend. Listen, I don't know. By fans, <laughs> At least not on fans, the record. They want, what they, they, want, they want what they want. But, uh, yeah, also, if you guys haven't seen Grady Dick's Twitter header, go on over there. It, I think it speaks to a little bit of just how... I think he would fit in great on this team, is all I'll say. <laughs> what did... What did Cole say about when the Magic traded for RJ Hampton? Like, oh, this team's about to get a whole lot more freaky. <laughs> if you yeah. trade for, or if you draft Grady Dick, this team is going to be. You're I, I cannot about wait us to see normalizing Cole. us us normalizing Grady Dick's last name. 
this team's not going to normalize it for a long time. Definitely Cole Anthony, not. no, Jalen, all of these dudes are are going to be making jokes. You know it. They're going to try to play it cool at first, I'm sure, and then once they get a little bit closer, they're going to start talking about his last name. We're never going to hear about it, but it's going to happen, and it, it makes me smile. What do you mean we're not going to hear about it? You'll absolutely see it on Cole's Instagram or Cole's Snapchat or whatever. Like you yeah, absolutely that's will. That's true. Definitely. Listen. From like, I would say January, February, people have been talking about wanting Grady Dick on the Magic. Is this the year that like the the prospect that we've talked about all year long? Like, is this the year that he goes to the Magic finally? I don't know. I don't. I'm not letting. It doesn't myself seem like it ever. It is. It ever is. No, because it's the perfect fit, and he, uh, dude, he. You know, the writing's on the wall. He's what everybody wants. That's going to do it for this episode. For Luke Sylvia, this has been Jonathan Osborne. You all have been listening to The Six Man Show. We will catch you guys next time. See ya. Thanks for listening to The Sixth Man Show. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and Spotify to get new episodes downloaded directly to your phone. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to give us a five-star rating and a review. It helps out the show a lot. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Six Man Show. We'll catch you guys next time. Go Magic! Let's go!